Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Carnival Row. Today we'll be covering the second and third episode for Amazon Prime's TV series titled A Sailing and Kingdoms of the Moon. Sweet. Yeah, heads up, guys. If you did not just hear what Sean said, we are covering episodes two and three. If you haven't watched both episodes, pause, go do that, and come back. We'll wait yeah. on you. We'll be right here these, waiting on you. <laughs> these are a little bit longer episodes, but yeah, we'll wait here. Just just tell us when you're done. <laughs> well, thanks for coming back. Wow. Did you enjoy it just like we did? Yeah. Oh, gosh. We crack each other up, don't we? Um, okay, well, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into our top five. I'm really excited to talk about these two episodes. It had some really great stuff happening, um, and it really, I think, helped kind of get the story really going. So I'm going to go ahead and start off with my top five, um, and I'll work with my number five anyway. Well, not all at one time. We'll, we'll take it one at a time tonight. Um, my number five, I'm just going to start off. We all agree that Imogen and Agrius are going to smash, right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to happen. I know that's really crude, but uh, I'm just that way sometimes. Deal with it. Um, I I just thought that whole encounter with them, I mean, I really like the scene The scene with them um, when they're in, looks like a park, and it's raining, and... You know, she's she's really, really upset They even I'm not sure what she thinks she can accomplish when she calls their they call it solicitor. But that's like the same as a lawyer. Right. Yeah. Um, you know what exactly they think is going to happen. I don't know if they think there could be some type of legal action, because I guess, you know, there's something against them. Is it just owning property? You know, are they not supposed to be able to? Per- and that's that's that that was what really made some of this really hard to watch too, because her, their maid or house servant, whatever her exact title is, you know, she's the same race as you know this uh, neighbor, Agrius, has just moved in next door, and you know they're sitting there like dogging him really bad, like oh it's it's absurd that he you know should be able to buy property, um, and you know just talking about how inappropriate it is, and she's like standing right there, and I'm just yeah. like, it just like- makes it so hard to watch how much they you know have so little respect for you know all of these fey folk and and these other you know creatures um so that was hard to watch but i really found that scene in the park with them interesting uh when he he really read her well when he says i know what you're about girl i can smell it on you yeah <laughs> talking about that uh the stuff like perfume kind yeah. of stuff yeah that she's putting on and he tells her he's like you know what's in it don't you piss from a trow bitch in heat <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I about died. I thought, oh, he called her out on that stuff. And then, of course, she's properly offended and just stomps away. So I, I feel like I can see it clearly between these two. I'm totally calling it now. I might be wrong, but what did you think about um, their interactions? It definitely kind of had, I mean, yeah, like it was It was kind of like the romantic, like, you know, the only person that would come to her aid was him mm-hmm. while that downpour was happening. And, you know, she kind of had that, like you said, she she had to be offended because that was the proper thing, you know, to happen at yes. that moment. I didn't get the sense that she was actually offended. No. But 
but yeah, I could definitely see like at some point she's going to come to his house and they're going to have that like rough kind of, you know, like very gone with the wind. Uh, no, no, no. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I don't think she was offended by him and what he said. I think she's offended by her own attraction to him. Oh, yeah. I could definitely see that. Because I think she's totally, you know, she, you know, hey, some some people are just charmers or some people you're just attracted to and you don't want to be, but you are. And I think that that's that's what has her in her panties in a bunch um, is is her own attraction, not anything that he he said, but just that he called her out on it. So I, I really thought that was interesting. I like that he didn't put up with their bullshit and yeah it was interesting that you know there are all of these you know supposedly proper folk in this park and he's the one that comes to her aid to help yeah. keep her out of the rain and it's like you know maybe you're a little bit wrong about these people right you know maybe they're not all that bad so i don't know i, I just kind of interested to see what will happen with them and see if she i have a feeling she's probably going to be turned around a little bit by the end of that um this the season that you know she's going to you know kind of have a, a turn of attitude. Um, so I don't know, but I just, I, I found, I was just highly amused by their interaction. So that's my number five. Uh, my number five, I'm going to start with out with, it's kind of a little bit of a complaint on this show so far. I, I love okay. the universe that it's building. Mm-hmm. It seems very vast, but there are a lot of storylines going on in yes. this show. Yes. Uh, I mean, you've got, the what the heck's happening underneath the, the city. You've got, you know, the Fae, you've got the Pact, you've got you've got the rich, you know, brother and sister, you've got the guy moving in next to him, you've got so much going on in this. The and Chancellor and his kidnapped son the, exactly, and the political yeah, stuff happening. About that. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean shoot, yeah, that's another story you forget about. But and like you think like, okay, this like if they keep it in this time frame, like I think that would make sense, but then they throw in a flashback where as I'm watching the flashback, that was really cool. Like that had me invested pretty much right from the get go because I would love to see like maybe that's how this first season should have been, but just start them like day one of the war or yeah. day one of them going over there and kind of build off that like why they're there and everything and kind of make the Berg a secondary thing. But just I feel like they're they're definitely stretching themselves too thin so far. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a little bit of, uh, I don't know if you ever watched Heroes when it was on NBC. I did not. Um, it started out like the first season was amazing. Second season was okay. But by the time they got to like the fourth season, mm-hmm. they had so many different characters that, you know, with a binge show, it works pretty well because you can just keep watching. But with like Heroes, it was, week it was weekly. Week. Yeah. So you watch it and you're like, oh, okay, well, like I haven't seen these guys for like two and a half weeks. I forgot their whole storyline. I mean, and like then they The kick- Walking Dead? <laughs> Yeah, very similar. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a more of a less is more kind of guy, and I feel I feel that they've definitely kind of got lots going on. That especially in an eight episode season, it's going to be tough to tidy up a lot of these things. Uh, and maybe you know, maybe it's one of those things like it's just one string they pull and it all fits together perfectly. Like they've got a plan, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I'm hoping they do. But uh, for the most part, like this this is a show kind of hurts my brain just with as much. <laughs> As much storyline that's going on, because you know, it's you, you get that same effect of like you said with Walking Dead and Heroes, where it's like you're following this one thing and then it flips to this other one, and then 20 minutes later it flips back to what you were just watching. Like, oh yeah, I forgot about that whole thing. I forgot about that guy moving in. Oh yeah, now I've, we got to check in over here and find exactly, out what's happening. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I don't know if that's just. And I think they probably could. I don't know. It's just it's, it's a small complaint. I'm sure it'll work out in the end. Obviously, because they're making a season two of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, that's my number five so far. What I've noticed from the first three episodes that there is a lot of storylines going on at the moment. There is, and I'm I'm just crossing my fingers that, like you said, that someone's going to pull the strings and it's all going to tie up. You know, somehow, you know, all of these storylines that seem unrelated are somehow going to become related and it's all going to, you know, all the puzzle pieces will come together, you know, there in the end um, is kind of what I'm hoping for. I mean, I'm, I'm following everything. I'm not struggling with following what's happening. But like you said, there's a lot of moving parts, moving pieces. There's, you know, the creatures, there's the political aspect. There's this weird monster under the city and it's killing people um you've got philo and vignette and their story we've got a new character this week we met darius which leads me into my number four i don't have a lot to say about him but i do find him interesting um i i don't know they they kind of they do well like okay here's where we are they show this like building and i don't remember the name of where it was that they were keeping him but what was that place? It looked uh, like it's a prison. Weakness Keep. Okay, um, yeah, good job. But, but yeah, because like, because I, I when I saw the name, I'm like, that's badass. Like, what is this? Is this like another city? Yeah, well, it doesn't you, sound good. Bleakness. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, but terrible. you learn it's you know when he goes in and talks to him. I assumed it was like a prison, like you said. Yeah. Because you know he sits there and talks to him, and it's very much he said something like you know it could have just as easily been me on the other side of these bars. I was like, oh, okay, right. well maybe there's some kind of like thing they did and he didn't get away with it but the other guy did but then we get the third episode yeah and so i kind of feel like bleakness keep is probably more of a place where because in episode three they talk about when he when he gets bit by the werewolf Mm -hmm. that you know the burrows just has something against like you know the crits obviously and half breeds especially one that could turn somebody into a crit is a bad bad thing but uh philo mentions in that conversation is like well i mean They'll just put you somewhere safe and keep you there, and you know you'll be fine. They're not going to just kill you. So I wonder if Bleakness Keep is kind of the place where any of these more contagious type of things—that's where you go for that, or right. any disease maybe in general, or uncontrollable. Because clearly, if he's going to if if he's going to turn when there's a bless you when there's a a full moon, then you know I mean the lore of the werewolf is kind of like you're you're in this animalistic um, mindset, right? Like you, you you might see a friend, but you don't know them as your friend or yeah. someone that you love or care about, but you don't recognize them as someone that you love and care about. So you can hurt them um, and you can hurt innocent people, just anyone. So, I mean, you're, you're mindless and you have no, you know, really no control over your um, instincts as a werewolf, which was another interesting part is that we've had a new creature introduced, not only a new character, but then a new creature. So yay, werewolves. I love, yeah, uh-huh. I love werewolves. I, I'm all into the, you know, the vampires, werewolves thing. Um, huge true blood fan over here. Um, uh, like season one and two. After that, it kind of falls off the the ladder. But I'll yeah, give I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Hey, y'all can skip the last couple seasons of True Blood, and you won't be missing out on anything. I finished it like a champ because that's what I do. I follow things to the end. But you could totally skip those and watch like the first three seasons. When Alan Ball left, that was really when it started to kind yeah. of take a turn. And and I knew, I knew. I was like, damn it, Alan Ball is gone. Now the show's gonna tank. And it kind of did, but I stuck with it. Um, just because that's what I do. I, I'm loyal. Um, but anyway, 
So I was super, super excited to see because we saw those, uh, we, you know, we were kind of wondering in episode one, we saw, we called them like these dog-like creatures. That's what the pact was using. Oh, yeah. Chasing down the fairies. And I was like, what the hell are those things? That must be some sort of dog-like creature. Well, turns out they're werewolves. We, you know, we find out that, you know, they, they are infecting their own people. And then they also have this serum you know, to kind of bring it on. Like it doesn't have to be a full moon. They can just inject themselves and just bring the change on. So I thought, you know, and, and that's funny because around here, the, all you need is moonshine. Um, to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, that's all you need is the catalyst to howl at the moon and turn into a werewolf in my neck of the woods. Add moonshine. Yeah. Anyway, it, the hair grows too. Like I've seen some ladies that drink that moonshine, and they've got more beard than I do. Yeah, totally. That that is the truth. Um, so I really liked an introduction to another creature, and that's werewolves. Totally into that. I I was yeah. I like to see Philo has a friend. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. I think that he was locked up not only for probably his own protection, you know, if he's out and about and turns into a werewolf and kills people, they're probably going to shoot him and take him down and kill him. Um, so, but that seems like a terrible way, you know, to live. It still seems like a prison and, you know, it seems like you're not going to get a lot of visitors. I don't know if he has any other family or anything, but it's really nice. Philo visits him every day. Yeah. Apparently. Well, yeah, that's, that's really nice. Cause I mean, you think about like what that takes. I know. I don't know where this place is in terms of where the borough is, but even if it's, you know, it's, it's, it can't just be on his way home, I'm guessing. Yeah. So to do that every single day is, you know, that's, that's a testament to probably their friendship and probably maybe he has some guilt tied to it too. Probably. Well, like you said, it could have been him too, you know. Well, and I, you learn in episode three, like, why could it be him in there too? I mean, if this is a place for like half-bloods, I mean, we find out that he uh... is, so... I know you're right. I know we're going to get to that, but um, exactly. Yeah, he's he's carrying his own little secret, which I'm sure we'll talk more about. Um, so anyway, that's my number four was Darius. I, I liked his character. thought he was interesting um, and felt kind of bad for him. But I mean, I don't know. He 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 seemed to enjoy it, though. He said he, he liked the change, right? Didn't that what he said in like episode three? Um, yeah. He, he welcomed I'll it. So I don't know. And this ties into my my number four is just simply werewolves because I do enjoy that they brought this in. Mm -hmm. And I like that they're playing on that trope too that when you turn, it's just like this most freeing experience. You don't remember much of it or any of it. You can't control it. It's almost just like a dream. Yep. But you realize how much you enjoyed that, like that hunt and that being free and being, you know, being able to roam all over the place. And kind of what he was saying when he was over there after he got bit, he's like, you know, I can just stay here. I've got so much land here. I can run and be free because you see him wake up next to a dead elk you know that he's killed and wasted a lot of them i mean i'm surprised he didn't eat more of it that's kind of a bad werewolf right because that meat's <laughs> going to be spoiled next month like you got to yeah. eat that that one night no kidding but the cgi on the werewolves was a little rough um I, yeah a little bit i'm not i'm not going to be the one to complain a ton about that because i do love me a good like sci-fi b movie so it it's it's more story than giving me shiny things, but you know that being said, it did look a little rough. Uh, you mentioned the pact and that they could transform themselves. Mm -hmm. I love. I'm really interested to see if this is kind of the way they're taking the pact because in the first episode they talked about kind of like a concentration camp type thing, and in this it's very much kind of like they're experimenting on their own people, yeah. which is very much kind of a nod to like Nazi Germany, right? Yeah. 
you know, you think of, you know, werewolf women of the SS, like, you know, that's a Rob Zombie movie that they should have made. And, you know, there's all kinds of weird experiments and occult type stuff that's always kind of been tied to Nazi Germany. And that's kind of where I feel like they're kind of taking the pact here is the pact's in this, you know, magical land, and, but they're taking those things and experimenting on themselves to see, like, what they can get out of it. They're developing, like, obviously I bet it's not healthy to make your body think it's a full moon after injecting yourself with, right. you know, becoming a werewolf. Like, that can't be healthy. Don't mess with nature, man. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but I, it's, it's great that, you know, and this opens up the can of, like, okay, well, we have werewolves, we have fairies, we have, you know, those goats, we have the, the half-horse, half-human people. Like, what else do we have in this that we don't know about? You know, we had the, those cobalts, too. Those cobalts mm-hmm. were pretty badass. Yeah, they, they kind of vampires. scared me just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but they can creepy. act. Like, you can get, like, six of them. You can help them act. It'd be awesome. That's... Like, to have a little, like, rolling carnival of cobalts. That's true. That's true. But they were kind of creepy with those little masks on. Um, That's true. Ugh, I don't. It just, it's a thing I have. Yeah. Yeah. Excited about the werewolves thing. I And it made me think, uh, like I said, I'm kind of in net for, you know, the whole vampire and werewolves thing. There was a show that ran from 1987 to 1988. Jeez, I'm really going to age myself here, um, called Werewolf. They really stretched it there with uh, John J. York. I don't know if anyone else will remember that or not, but it ran only about 29 episodes, and I loved that show so much as a kid. Um, Look it up. I have no idea if it's out there streaming anywhere or where if it's even available, but um, it was super fun. Um, but that was a show that I enjoyed. I just love all the creature, you know, movies or whatever. I totally dug that. Um, I'd recommend it and let, let me know if anyone else has watched that. Um, don't make me feel old alone. (laughs) Anyway, I love that. That's a great number four. We're definitely in tune tonight. So my number three, um, I just want to kind of mention, um, this organization that Vignette seems to be drawn to and, looking to join and that's black raven um i think that kind of made sense that there is some type of group um they seem like an underground resistance so i think that that makes sense that they have something like that happening in the berg because you know they're all treated so terribly like they're not allowed to hold proper jobs and you know they they bind their wings or if they have wings for the fairies anyway um and treat them like second-class citizens and, and have them in, in indentured servitude. And I like that there's this organization. I, I feel like I don't know the full scope of what they try to do. I feel like they were kind of vague about it at this point. Like, well, we try to get things where they need to be and stuff. And it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? <laughs> what are what exactly are you doing, <laughs> you know? Pizza dude's got 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> exactly. Um but we can see that the leader clearly is not taking any crap. I kind of saw her point of view, you know, where she's like, if you can't, you know, telling this uh, other member of the group, you know, then when they when they bind her up and she's questioning her, you know, hey, you were out all night. They kept you in, you know, chains. How did you get out? What did you talk about? And if she's not willing to pony up, you know, because if, if it's all innocent, then she should have said, this is what happened. This is what I said. Here's how I got away. Clearly, you know, she talked and they released her, um, you know, and, and hoping to use her as a mole. And uh, she clearly wasn't having any of that. And bye bye, Birdie from the nest. Um, you know, down she goes. So I'm, I'm interested to learn a little bit more about them. I think that, you know, we'll see more of that 
um, as we come in and move along in the series. And, you know, at first I kind of wondered a little bit about that silly little task that she sent Vignette on, and that was getting the, the flag from... I'm considering it like a, a police station, but I know that's not what it's called. And I'm not going to try to pronounce it tonight because I've had a little bit of wine and I'm, I'll slur my words and I'm already slurring. Um, and at first I thought, well, that seems like a, a, you know, a really silly task. If you guys are such badasses and, you know, what's the point of having her go do this little menial task? But, you know, I read somewhere when they were talking about like the the British Secret Service, like MI6. Um, I don't know that they do this anymore, but I read like in the old days that when recruiting a new agent um, to see if they're worthy and they can, you know, kind of be able to talk themselves into places or get places where they need to be, they would take them to an old estate and, you know, point to, uh, you know, a balcony and say, I want to see you out on that balcony having tea this afternoon you know, and, you know, they have to kind of figure out how they're going to, you know, talk their way in there and have tea with whomever there at that estate and be seen on that balcony and finish that task. So it seems kind of silly, but it's actually, you know, there's a a point behind it. So I was kind of on board with that um, since I questioned it at first, but I'm interested about this Black Raven group and exactly what kind of part that they're playing. And if, you know, they're actually, I want to kind of just know what they're doing for their people because they seem like they're, they're patriots, you know, for their, for their people. And I'm just kind of curious what they do. What did you think about them? Uh, I love the name for one. I feel like that's a like death meth or dental, uh, death metal band kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. Good name. Black Raven. It's, it's cool too that the fact that you know it's this group of fae that you know are trying to basically upset the berg a little bit but i'm really curious to see what turns out it was very quick mm-hmm. i think like you said the mission that they gave her was kind of a like are you worthy or are you willing to do something to get into the group kind of thing yeah uh it was very telling that they didn't really give the other member that much line to to get away with anything too cuz as they're talking to it she's like oh i escaped and basically, they, they put her to the task, be like, okay, we'll escape. Oh, you can't? All right, well, I'm going to shove you off this building where you can't fly. <laughs> yeah. But I did. I enjoyed it. I, I It's another storyline, though. So I'm just... Yeah, it's another. We should start that, keeping a tally of oh, yeah. all the different storylines, right? Because that happened, like, in the first 15, 20 minutes of episode two, and we haven't heard anything else about it since. Yeah, because then all of episode three was spent on, you know, the backstory mm-hmm. in Tiernanok. So, so yeah, I, I figure we'll probably get more. But I did like her line when she's talking to Vignette. And she's, and of course, I'm paraphrasing about, you know, do you know why they, they corset us and why they bind us and bind our wings? And, you know, she's like, well, so we don't fly away. And she's like, you know, well, that's part of it, but it's really more to make us like them. Because, you know, they're jealous of what we are and they want us to be like them. And it's like, wow, that 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 makes a lot of sense. Because I, I kind of thought that too. I was like, oh, they just – I thought maybe they – part of it was also because they're trying to kind of hide who they are. Like, you're not allowed to be you. Like, you can't be free. Like, as far as, far as like, the fairies and they have to constrict their wings and keep them hidden and bind them. It's not just so you can't fly away, but it's, you know, so it kind of – hides who you are, that mm-hmm. you're not allowed to be free and be you. 
So. Yeah, I was surprised when when she was flying too, where she they basically like the police were like we gotta fly her, right? So it's like they're not even allowed to fly at all, which I Ex- thought was kind of interesting. Exactly, and that's just why I I, I struggle so much watching this show because I, I really have a hard time seeing, you know, people being you know beaten down for you know who they are and and being treated that way, um, and it's it's hard to watch that every week how how they're all treated so terribly and. Um, with so little disregard for oh, who cares if they're just killing them on the streets, you know, who cares? It's just another yeah. fae and, you know, well, who cares? That's just one less to take care of, one less to feed, one less to worry about. And it's like, wow, so little, you know, regard for life is hard to watch. And it's even, it's one of the things too, like if, like the cobalt, so you can kind of see like, okay, like maybe the humans could really like be like, oh, who cares? It's just a cobalt. Because really at that point it's like, it's some kind of weird creature thing that's not human, but mm-hmm. all these other things are extremely human esque. You know, like yeah. they're, the they're, you know, they're not tiny fairies that look like mosquitoes. They're like human looking people with wings. Exactly. So yeah, it's definitely kind of jarring to an extent. It is. It's hard to watch sometimes. So anyway, well, that was Black Raven. Was my number three. What's your number three? Uh, my number three takes place in episode three, and it's the the Fae Library that we get to see. Oh, yeah. Uh, we don't learn a ton about it, but I do like the idea that there is a place where they're, the oldest books are, like, much older than the first uh, – how would she say it? Something to the it's effect the of, like – First spoken word of man or something or of his kind is how maybe how yeah. she put it. Yeah. And, like, the books are even, like, older than that. Uh, I'm a huge fan of, you know – those old texts and just old knowledge and being able to share that. Like they talk about one of the greatest tragedies in the world was that the fire at, I can't remember where it was at. Um, Oh, but it was a very famous fire of a library. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the Romans might have burnt it. I don't know. This isn't a history podcast. <laughs> uh, but there was a famous library where they, they got burned down. Like in, Are you talking like, about in Alexandria? It might have been. Yeah, that sounds right. It was one of those old sounding names. But, I mean, like, all the knowledge that was lost because of that. Yeah. You know, and you, you go kind of another World War II analogy. How much information was lost during World War II from the Nazis going and burning down stuff and destroying mm-hmm. stuff? I mean, there is artwork that could have been lost due to that, that, but people protected and saved. There's also people who took that art and stole it from people, then sold it after the war, but that's beside the point. Uh, but it's, it's just crazy to know that this history is there in this world. At least it still seems like we didn't see it get destroyed or anything, but to have that history available just gives so much more context to this universe. Yeah. Well, you're right. It was um, it was Julius Caesar who is blamed for the burning of the Library of Alexandria. So yeah, I yeah I read about that and it breaks my heart because I'm I'm such a nerd. I grew up in a library. I live right across the street from the library. So and I've talked about it many times on here, so I won't repeat myself that much. But you know, I I'm like Belle and Beauty and the Beast. You know, when when she's you know sweeping along on that <laughs> that ladder and the ah oh, the books. You know, that's that's me. I'm a big book nerd. Total respect for libraries. And that's what. You know, that's the problem I had, at least in that episode, in the third episode, um, if we're going to talk, you know, just a little bit about some of the complaints is how close was she holding open flame 
to these old That's ancient true. books. I mean, come on. They, they have to be so delicate. Um, why in the world would you be so close with an open flame? I mean, some of them are probably, you know, if you just barely touch them, they're going to fall apart. Can you imagine how if, if they get too close to flame, what might happen to them? And I was yeah. just like, what are, I mean, I, I, it's fine. There's no electricity. There's no light bulbs. You have to use torches. But can we please keep them at a distance? Why must you be so close, vignette? you know, uh, getting that flame up in there. And that, that part bothered me, um, greatly. Cause I thought, what are you doing? You're, you're the, um, steward of this library. You should know better. Um, but yeah, that reading about the burning of Alexandria, um, would get me all the time. Cause I think, oh, think about all those scrolls and all that ancient history. Oh yeah. Um, lost. It breaks my when, heart. Yeah. It's the history. Like maybe what other kind of inventions and stuff like that could have been sitting there. I mean, I always think about that, like all of our stuff now, I, mean, I think they have like specific places they've stored written text for safety, safekeeping mm-hmm. that can survive. Like I'm sure lots of terrible natural and non-natural events, but like you think like most of our knowledge and information today is digital. So I've yeah. always had this vision, like, you know, 10,000, 20,000, hundred thousand years in the future after potentially man's no longer here. These aliens will come here and find these computers <laughs> and be like, these people were stupid. They didn't have any kind of knowledge sharing technology. It's right. That's right. You know, I went to Washington, D.C. for the first time ever in March of this year and got to go to the Library of Congress. That was like the oh, one nice. thing on my on my list, um, you know, because I'm just a, a big history nerd. So I'm like, can we please go to the Library of Congress? And it was so fun to see. And, and the main part of the library, like where the actual books are stored and you know, it's, you can go and there's like a viewing window. You are not allowed access into... Uh, the main room and to access the books you have to have like special security like you know research or you know government just whatever I I, I don't I won't pretend to know because I haven't looked it up so I don't know the type of security that you have to have or kind of credentials you have to have but I do know that not everyone was allowed in there but we got you know like a peek so that had to be a little bit weird right if you're down there in the library of congress and you're you know checking out some books and you're reading stuff and you got people staring at you from like you know four floors up you know like oh what are they doing it looks like they're on display or something when you know really you're just checking out the room and the books but that's how things need to be protected vignette is very carefully not with there's no open flame allowed in the library of congress (laughs) i can tell you (laughs) so well i wonder if there's some kind of like magic protection too because it seems like that's kind of a thing here so maybe maybe they've put all kinds of different spells or you know stuff on them that keep them safe maybe you know we haven't seen a whole lot of magic so maybe it's true Although that book they did read, I think it kind of ties more into my number one, but it was a little provocative. Like, a I kind of see bit. why they're like, all right, let's, uh, oof. It's like when the porn comes on, you're like with the wife, like, oh, I don't know how that got on the TV. Oh, what happened here? I don't know how that got here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought Debbie's that. Does Dallas was a documentary. <laughs> well, it is, don't you know? Um, that's awesome. Well, that's a really great number three. That kind of leads into my number three a little bit. It's just this backstory that we got to see. Um, I'm with you. I don't know. Maybe this third episode should have been the first episode. I don't know. Um, I think I'm kind of okay with where it's at. You know, I kind of assumed we were going to get there. I thought, well, you can't talk about the war and your relationship. I feel like we, I feel like to buy Philo and Vignette's you know, 
romance and whatever's going to happen from here on, we're going to have to see it, right? We're going to have to go back and we're going to have to see how they met. We're going to have to see how they came together, what transpired. Why did he freaking leave her? Why did he, you know, lie about his death? Um, You know, what was behind all of that? So here we are. We got to see more of a noon. It looks, you know, I don't know, for some type of land that houses all of these magical creatures that were only known to us in books, it looked kind of like any other, I mean, it looked like places around here. So I was, it wasn't as, I guess I was expecting something more magical. I don't know really what I was expecting, but I was just like, well, that looks like, I mean, besides all these, you know, big caverns and, you know, these places that you they can fly up to because they have wings. Um, I'm just like, it just doesn't seem that magical. Maybe that was a little bit of a letdown for me. And they had winter. Won't magical places have like summer all the time? Wouldn't it like yeah. be 80 degrees all year round? Uh, I think the most magical place in the world should never get over 75, but the water feels perfect every time you get into it. So that's what I'm that's thinking. That's me. That's what I'm thinking. I'm I'm picturing my perfect magical place as you know. Yeah, it, it's it's always like 80 degrees year round. The water's always perfect temperature for swimming. Um, Margaritas are always cold. Beer's always on tap. That's right. That is right. And yeah, the drinks don't stop. Another thing. So I don't know, but it's fine. It's it's not a complaint. It's like a personal thing. It's it's you know what? It's my week. It's what I've told people at work this week. It's my my week to be moody and bitchy. Um, and that just kind of got me. But I, I was interested to see more of where Vignette came from and her people and, and you know, this this place that we we got to see a little bit more peaceful side of things. When we were first introduced, it was, you know, uh, they're, they're chasing the, the fairies down and killing them and shooting them and they're being attacked and they're trying to escape. So we saw, like, the bad part, but we got to see a little bit of, I mean, they're in war, but it was more of a peaceful area because it seemed like they're in... Um, like a holy place. So, you know, I thought that was a really great introduction to kind of see some of their history of this land. Um, We got to see how Philo and Vignette met. I liked their story together. I thought they were super cute. I love that they both nerded out over a sci-fi book. Yeah, (laughs) I did enjoy that too. I was like, they're nerding out. This is like so much like real life when you're, you know, like you're a nerd, you meet a fellow nerd and you kind of both fall in love with this um, story and love to talk about it. And I thought, that's perfect. I love that. Um, so I, I, I bought their story. I kind of, I see that more. I know a lot of people, I see a lot of people talking about how they don't quite feel that they have a lot of chemistry. Um, I'm okay with their, I don't know. Do you get that at all when I, you see them? No, I I felt like in episode three, I felt like they had some good chemistry. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not, it just felt more, nat- I guess it felt like natural chemistry. It didn't feel like it was kind of like this over the top, like. It didn't feel forced, I don't yeah, feel. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I don't really feel like they, they were having to force anything because you can kind of tell you're watching some couples on the screen and just like, oh man, they're trying way too hard just because it's not there. It's either there or it's not. Um, so I don't feel like they're they're having to um, you know, fake it or anything. Uh, I, I kind of get it. Um, cause I, trust me, I've seen worse. They weren't melting my TV by any means, but I totally bought their story. So seeing that story, I loved seeing them together. I thought they were super cute together and seeing how it all ended when he decides to 
you know, leave her and because he realizes after he's been told that she'll die for him. She's not going to leave him. She'll stay with him. And, you know, that's, and, and he doesn't want that for her. And I forgive him for faking his own death. <laughs> and now I want them to live happily ever after. So I, I enjoyed all of that. And I thought it was interesting and I bought it. And um, I don't know. I'm kind of hoping they, they work it out. So we'll see. Yeah, so this that's... ties into to my number two as well. Like it was oh, just good. this flashback episode, which I, I really would like more of that because the whole idea of this pact versus the Bergs is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- this world that's supposed to be magical is kind of interesting. Um, the only complaint, like you said, the people are complaining about the chemistry. Mm-hmm. The uh, the sex scenes weren't very like they were just kind of okay in yeah, my mind. What like was they that? were when they first got together. What was that? like squat thing she's doing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That was a little the only awkward. Th- it's, this reminds me a lot of like when like you, like when I first saw like, like porn, it was Skidamax <laughs> porn, right? <laughs> and it yep. totally like makes you be like, wait, what do you mean it's hard to have sex in a shower? I just saw this on TV and it was like nothing. Like they're just like there and like it happens. Is that what sex is? Is it just like bumping on each other? It's not. <laughs> Having sex in a shower, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of now, work. I know with the wings, it would make that squat thing a little bit easier because, you know, maybe like her legs get tired. She could fly or she flutter could float, her wings. Yeah, yeah. She could flutter. But uh, yeah, it was it just wasn't too erotic in my mind. But it did show that Orlando Bloom knows how to fondle some wings. He did yeah. good at fondling wings, which, you know, that's. Hey, gotta... inter, inter, I'm, I'm, I'm totally down with the interspecies sex happening i mean who am i to judge it looked a little <laughs> awkward is all i'm saying i'm not saying it was a bad thing I'm not shaming anyone not shaming any fairies out there if you have wings and that's what works for you totally down for that because what do i know about interspecies sex i guess they should just be glad that they had matching genitalia that's true yeah. you know because that doesn't always work out right um yeah like that would be weird like what if it was yeah i don't know so, yeah, I mean, I guess they had that going for him anyway. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting. So her her wings light up. That's, that's yeah. That was well, what I thought it was, right? So yeah, that's and you get telling. The awkward you can't conversation. fake that. Yeah, the awkward <laughs> conversation was like, your wings weren't very bright. She's like, oh, they don't do that all the time. It's like, oh, well, they should. A real man would make sure they do. <laughs> right. No man would finish until until those wings are lighting <laughs> those, up. <laughs> yeah. When the wings light up, that's the green light. Come on, fellas. Get with <laughs> it, damn it. No slacking off. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I honestly would have enjoyed, I think, if this whole season was kind of more in, like, the realm of the war and, you know, the pact and kind of stuck in this flashback that we got. But I'm guessing yeah. we might take some more trips back there in, um, yeah. this year. I'm not sure, but. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. I bet we'll get more. I mean, because we we got a little bit there at the end when they were they were being attacked, you know, there at the end, which was kind of cool. That was a little bit interesting. That's not how you see some typical warfare happening, right? Um, so that was kind of interesting to see these uh, like big Zeppelin looking um, hot air balloon warships, whatever, coming in for the attack. So that was um, interesting. So I bet we're going to probably get another episode. Um, for sure. But, yeah. 
That's my number two. Tagging on to yours is the flashback. I like it. Well, I have a feeling that our number ones are also probably tied together because mine is Philo's Secret. That is mine as well. Yeah. Well, we can just talk about it. We don't have to go back and forth. Um, so, yeah, I, we called it, dude. We're on it. Um, he's, But he's not, like, full. He's, or at least we think, anyway, he's half face. Sounds like he's a half-breed. Um, that sounds like a dirty word, but um, he's half. And so all kinds of questions are popping up, like who were his parents? Why did they give him up? Of course, could be for the reasons like Vignette said, you know, to give him a better life. Um, and he he himself was like, you know, I don't fit in anywhere. Or, you know, if I if 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 people knew if I if my wings hadn't been clipped or sheared, as they say, um, you know, the the fairies don't really think he belongs and he'd be shunned, you know, back at the Berg like the rest of, you know, the fae folk are. Um, and like you said, could be locked up. And apparently it's even, which I thought was interesting. It's in my notes. So in episode two, when the policemen are joking and telling a story about a half-blood puck, Philo walks in just as they call the puck a half-blood. Did you catch that? Yeah, a little bit of foreshad- foreshadowing in episode two. That's where I kind of feel like the it was a little bit heavy-handed where when they kind yeah. of made the reveal, it's like, okay, this wasn't really surprising now at this no. point. No, because they definitely had some foreshadowing there. So um, they they put it there, and they you know, and then that's when Philo comes in, and and then as he passes them, you can still hear them talking quite clearly about how it's like basically against the law uh, for not only for them to take him in, like he was like, well, I helped him out, and they're like, you could get a year for that um, or a fine, and then also if you try to pass yourself off as human, it's against the law. So. You know, then you're in in like double trouble. So I don't know. I I found that was interesting. I think we're probably going to get some more story on that. Who, you know, his backstory, who he was, where did he come from? Um, and it and like Vignette said, it makes sense as to why he loved those stories so much in the book that he. Um, what was it? Kingdom of the Moon was the title of this episode. Yeah, that was the one of um, his. Yeah, and then the book that she had um, kind of had like the same or similar story, um, which, you know, kind of relates to him. So was it something like that? Um, so I'm interested to hear the circumstances of his parentage and, you know, his story and how he got where he was. Um, but yeah, now we know, now we know his secret. And we know where those scars came from. Yeah. I do like that. They, they tied those two stories together because uh, it's, this might be kind of like, almost dad jokey but like when they're talking about it i was kind of like well these are kind of like fairy tales (laughs) uh (laughs) dad joke sean definitely (laughs) i was waiting for it to get dropped but uh you know it's kind of i like that they tie them together it just kind of shows that you know these stories have crossed this you know ocean or whatever just keeps these two countries apart yeah and you know it was a driving force it's like well why do you want to go fight this war because he's got a tie to it you know why is he so sympathetic because he has a tie to it Mm -hmm. um you know and it's just it's one of those things that you know at some point people are going to be like oh my god like you're half crit but but you're okay like we're friends like why why is that a thing now exactly and so it's definitely going to probably be an eye-opening thing for the the police station for one and the whole you know country in itself when it if it if it does get exposed 
Yeah, I think, I mean, they've kind of put it out there. So I'm kind of wondering if that's what will happen by the end of this season, um, you know, that his secret will be found out. I mean, maybe, maybe not, but I mean, we know. So it's kind of like, well, you can't just keep it secret forever, right? Can't keep a lid on it. We all know. So that's awesome. Okay. Anything else you want to say about your number one? No, it's uh, like I said, it kind of felt a little uh, uh, anticlimactic when we got it. But uh, <laughs> I think it too, it didn't end the episode, which I kind of thought was weird. Like we was like, you know, he's like, oh, and I'm half Faye. And then there's like another 15 minutes of them talking about it. I was like, oh, OK, like if it was if it just ended right there, it might yeah. have had more of an impact. But uh, but still, it, it is what it is. It is, and I'm okay with it. I'm I'm having a good time with it, you know. And um, like I said, closed captioning helps. I, I catch a lot more of the dialogue, um, especially with some of the accents. But you know, I'm I'm enjoying the story so far. So I'm I'm interested to see where it goes, and I'm definitely you know gonna keep watching. So some notes, notes, notes. Um, so we talked about the new creatures. The kobolds and the kobolds. Is that what they're called? And werewolves? Kobolds. Um, so we had some activity a little bit. So we've got this poor woman that was murdered. Um, and kind of going into and being introduced to another person, which I forget. I got to start right. These names. I'm never going to remember any of these names. Whether oh, I have these them right names are tough. Yeah. Um, so... You know, they're they're keeping him around thinking he's a suspect, but he's not. Maybe he's just an introductory so we can meet the those little kobolds. Um, I thought it was interesting. They can tell the age of a fairy by the veins in her wings. When Philo had uh, that one fella from the, the row do the autopsy because uh, he couldn't get the real corner guy to do it. Um, oh, yeah. He, uh, that's what... That was interesting, I right? I really like that. Yeah, it was kind of a whole like, oh, well, you know, it's my price because, you know, it was just a butcher. But was it a butcher that had these experience, like had these skills? Or mm-hmm. was it he was just a butcher, so he kind of earned them that way? But, yeah, I really, really like that. Yeah, I thought that was cool. And the dude was a doctor in his own land. Again, it's just kind of showing, you know, how how poorly these people are, are treated, um, you know, in this, in, in the Berg. Um, so I thought that was cool that they could tell an age of a fairy by that. Um, I like that Philo paid Vignette's debt. She ran away from that household because, well, the dude was a creeper, which I could have told you that in the first yeah. 10 seconds that I met that guy. I knew what exactly what was going to happen um, and, and how that was going to end up, and I was right. So I loved that Philo not only figured out what really happened, but called him out on it and he paid her her debt he paid paid it so she could be free and and again where did he get that money was that his money why he had i mean i don't know what the equivalent of that is um 50 guilds whatever it was called um but i mean imogen said you know on a policeman's salary do you really want to spend that on her so i'm curious you know does he have money set aside where did he get money is it was it really his money he just has saved up i mean anyway loved that he still loves her um, talking about the chancellor's son again. I got to write these names down because these are difficult. I'm never going to remember them. Piety Blackspear, um, her son. She kidnapped her own damn son. What's up with that? And then yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a quick thing, and like I still don't have an idea like what what that storyline's leading to. And she's so bitter 
and pissed and whatever it is that she's got going on. She sacrificed that poor little bear to yeah. do it. Oh I hated God. that bear. Oh my gosh. That you know what? And and people keep uh saying reminding me that they're like, Oh hey, you had to recognize Ilaria Sand, right? And no, guys, if it wasn't for you, this would have totally been past me. I don't know her name as an actress, but the actress that played Ilaria Sand in Game of Thrones is the actress that's playing Piety Blackspear, Chancellor's uh, wife. Why it was maybe it's because her hair's bound up. You know, she had like nice flowy, her wavy curls, you know, kind of loose and wild when she was um, playing in Game of Thrones. So I think that her hair being, you know, all put up and proper just really, I think, changed for me the look of her face a little bit. So I did not instantly recognize her. And I'm so embarrassed that it got by me. But what the hell? What is she up to? Why the hell does she kidnap her own son? What's behind that? Um, I don't know. Like you said, another one of the storylines we're having to keep track of. Um, as long as we get, you know, get more, um, on that, I'm, I'm okay. And more Jared Harris. Um, I feel like if we get more of her, we get more of Jared Harris, which I'm totally happy with. Um, I liked season or sorry, episode three. I think that, um, I feel like we didn't really get to see the first two episodes who Vignette really was. I think we saw a little bit of her, but I think we saw her true character in episode three kind of really I'd shine. Um, so I like that. I like that we got to see her real self. Um, did you notice when they were reading that book that she showed him that they were reading it backwards? Yep. I made that note too. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, uh, it's funny because that's how my dad reads the newspaper. He reads it from back to front. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I definitely noticed that. It definitely kind of shows the difference in, in culture and stuff like that. But yeah. Interesting. Well, I know that there um, probably are cultures, and this is going to show how ignorant I am. I don't know all of them, but I feel like, you know, um, there are different languages that are read. You know, not everyone reads from left to right. You know, there's some script, I think, that's, you know, from top to bottom or, you know, from the right to the left. Um, I thought this might show my ignorance, but I think Arabic's done that way. It's from right from bottom to top, oh, from is it? right to left. I, I think. find that so interesting. Mm. I mean, I wish I was uh, had the patience to to learn that. I think that would be so interesting. Not just that, but to like learn the language too. Not just how to read it, but um, speak it. Um, someone get me some. Um, what's that? Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone. Thank you. See, oh my God, this tells you the kind of week I've had. I'm so done. Oh, my we've brain both is had done. A long, rough week. You could probably tell by my voice. It's been a long one. Uh, I'm tired, man. I'm just gonna say it. I am tired. It has been a week, and the wine is just making me more tired. So I'm sorry, guys. Um, the last thing I want to bring up in my notes, I I loved the story of the braids. I love vignettes braids, um, and I I. I think they're beautiful and I love that you know there's an actual story behind them and you know when they're having her and Philo are having a moment and she's talking to him about them and she says well that one represents my sur surname and of course her sur surname is Stone Moss um, there's another one that tells the year she was born which of course as no lady tells her true age um, and then the last one when she says that's the one alas gives away when she gives her heart and uh, she ends up giving that one to Philo um, just before they part for the last time. And and he still has it, too. He had it in um, he had it in a drawer. And ah, 
I'm I'm getting all I'm getting all misty eyed over the romance story here. I'm totally falling for it. So, um, but those are all my notes. What did you have? Uh, let's see. So I thought it was interesting when they're talking with the uh, uh, the Raven group about their wings, and I kind of felt like wing envy is uh, <laughs> something that should be used. Um, <laughs> I like that. Talked. We talked about the mom, the chancellor, and the, and the son and the bear. Uh, I, I did like the line that magic is just things you haven't discovered yet. Yeah, That felt very like uh, Thor. I, I think they kind of said that in Thor. It's like, you know, what you call magic is just science to us because you basically just haven't discovered it yet. Yes. Um, I love that line. I'd really like to explore that pack stuff a little bit more because it does feel like they've got a lot of like Nazi influence on how, how it's being run. So I'm just kind of curious if, if it goes into more details on that or if it just... Uh, like, if if we're gonna even get more of it, it's just it's kind of like they said. There's. I feel like they have to. I feel like they have to. We have I to get there. We need a clicker to figure out all these storylines because the other <laughs> one that uh, we didn't talk about is the weird love triangle that's gonna be between Philo Vignette and that other Fave. Uh, I'm gonna butcher her name, but the one that was her best friend who was. Uh, over there with her because I, I, oh, I think right. they've got some kind of. They had a you know, relationship. Yeah, prior to her and she was Philo. in the bathtub. Yeah, she was like giving. She was giving her like the hey, let's girl talk. She was gonna like hey, get in this bathtub and let's absolutely girl talk. Yeah, some some girl action happening for sure. <laughs> yeah, that now was that would have melted my TV. <laughs> yeah, well, melted mine too. I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that was an interesting little tidbit. That they weren't just friends, but they were once lovers. So that's kind of interesting to see how, you know, it's, I guess, how they view, you know, they're a little lo- more loose, I think, with sexuality as far as, you know, um, how they express themselves and, and who they're okay, you know, coupling up with. And then you see, like, in the Berg and how proper you know, and respectable and, you know, that they try to be. Um, so I, I like that, that they're more open and free with themselves over there in, in noon. Yep. Good stuff. All right. Good notes. Do you have anything else? Nope. That'd be, that's all the notes I have for, for these two episodes. Sweet. Well, we're going to get to one of our favorite parts of the podcast and that is our listener feedback portion, letters from the row. First one that we have is from Sally Lynch Mock. She says, the show is so cinematically beautiful. It is still too early to really know how all the different stories will influence each other. My biggest thought is what is your agenda when you kidnap your son and have your husband's beloved bear (laughs) sacrificed? Good question, Sally. I was sitting here asking myself that same question. I want to know what the hell she's up to. Yeah, because I'm not gonna lie. If, If I had a bear that was like, okay, like not like I didn't worry about the bear eating my face. That would be the greatest thing. There's this picture of this. I'm guessing it's a Russian guy mm-hmm. with this like grizzly bear that's like, wow, freaking enormous. Like the paws, like the size of this dude's like torso. Yeah, and he's just laying next to it. And the bear's got him all cuddled, and it's like that seems like the greatest thing ever. I'm determined to have a polar bear, like that would for be nice reals. Too, yeah. I want a little polar bear cub cuddled up with me every day, and I want to keep it as a grown up. It's going to probably eat me in my sleep and kill me and my dogs too, but I want a polar bear. Love yeah, polar you wouldn't need a pooper scooper though. You need like a pooper bobcat. Yeah, no kidding. You need a bulldozer. Jeez. 
Our next one comes from Lindsay Slitch. So I struggled to fully engage with the first episode, but I like these two much more. I'm very interested in this new group Vignette has joined, and I'm guessing her role in this group will be an important part of the story going forward. What I really loved through was episode three. I enjoyed the backstory with Philo and Vignette. No doubt I spelled these names wrong. <laughs> Don't worry, I probably said them wrong. Uh, I was glad Sean was right about Philo's wings being removed, and I'm excited for this werewolf story. Rima, I'm guessing you spied it, spotted Elra Sand in these episodes. It felt weird that she was such a weenie in the first episode. I'm kind of glad she's turning out to be an evil badass again. I was surprised to hear that people are hating on Kara Devling. Devlin? Devling? Delavine, we're going to go Delavine. with that, yeah. Uh, I'd never seen her in anything either, and I didn't notice anything about her acting. I only noticed how well she was cast physically. She looks just like an eternal being. Being. Not sure what the hate is about, but I like her. And of course, you can't go wrong with Orlando. I, too, only gave this show a chance because of you guys. I'm so glad I did. I'll be watching week by week with you. Can't wait for next week. Oh, wow. Thanks, Lindsay. That's really nice that people are picking it up just because of us, the influence we have. I know, right? The power. We control your viewing experience. Scary. I promise to only use it for good. Um, we had a comment on Twitter. This is from at Sci-Fi Sarah. She says, this show is growing on me. Enjoyed the backstory and Orlando Bloom's acting. Interested in seeing more of Igreus' story. They are fleshing out the different races and making it easier to keep up. I like the name Imogen, and so far she is the character I love to hate. Ooh, I, I like agree. That. 100%. It's still so interesting. I keep looking at her, and I'm like, this is who they were going to cast um, as Daenerys Targaryen. Or they did cast yeah. her and then changed it to Amelia Clark. Um, I'm really curious. I would love to see what she was able to to film um, as Daenerys and see what her interpretation of Daenerys was. So I don't know. I think she's interesting. She definitely plays uh, the um, that type of character very well. Um yeah, I wonder if she can't play the because uh, earlier uh, in Game of Thrones it was more of a meek kind of character, kind of like a mm-hmm. you know woe is me kind of thing. But yeah, she definitely would have the later seasons kind of nailed. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, thank you for that, guys. So we have a voicemail tonight from our good friend Steve. Play that in three, two, one.
Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, good call. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great, Steve. I think they're going to get back together. Yeah, that's just I think my they have to. <laughs> that is a good call, though, on that the blood drive thing, because that was like every yeah. able-bodied man, and he was able-bodied. So I wonder if, uh, if uh, yeah, they surely got to be able to tell something. But, you know, Faye's blood's still red, but maybe. Right. Like what would know. be different about it that a doctor would be able to tell his blood from another? Maybe if if his blood was given because he's mixed, that it would hurt the other person kind of like when you Could. get like the wrong blood type you know that's why you always have to cross match or else give you know like an oneg um if you don't know the person's blood type because it's universal so maybe it's something like if you give someone the wrong blood type maybe it would harm them and that's how they would find out that hey what the hell's wrong with you that you know you can't give blood so yeah again that was like the uh, first episode when he uh, was like no doctors no doctors so um I like that. Great voicemail, Steve. Great feedback from everyone. Thank you all for sticking with us. Um, we're having a good time with the show, so we're happy to see that you're having a good time with us. Yeah, thanks, everybody. All right, so we're, we're going to be taking a week off. We've got some stuff coming off that we can't get to next week's uh, episode, but we will be coming back the week after that as we'll be covering the fourth and fifth episode from Carnival Row titled The Joining of, of Unlike Things and Grieve No More. Oh, gosh. That's some interesting titles. Yeah, life has got in the way this week. Um, so, yeah, we're, um, hopefully you guys will just stick with us. Take it easy and enjoy episodes four and five at your leisure, and we'll circle back to those. So until then, we're really excited for you to travel to the Berg with us. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast and on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. And you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. Five stars, please. Yeah, um, <laughs> love those five stars. Just saying. <laughs> And make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Romance, that comes out every Sunday. What can we expect this oh, week? Richard and I are going nostalgia this week with a Toy Story draft. So we're going to tell oh, you the no. toys that we would love to come to life. And basically, it's just us talking about all the toys we had as kids that we loved. Oh, man. That sounds amazing. Yep, I hope, hope G.I. Joe and He-Man's on the list because that's oh, what would be mine. <laughs> spoiler. It actually reminded me of some toys I had in my attic that I went to get for the kiddo. So he's got those now. Oh, I love that. I loved getting some of my old Barbie stuff uh, for my kid when she was that age and had some of my um, dolls stuff of course she wasn't that into dolls but she was into barbies for a little bit i'm like check out my barbie collection <laughs> so that's super fun we look forward to that all right well that's our show episode 102 aisling and kingdoms of the moon until next time i'm rima and i'm sean and sci-fi sarah 
strange indeed.